In this episode of Keep Calm and Defibrillate, we discuss a better way of conceptualizing care of some of the marginalized patients who present to us. We're the only medical option for many people, and many of these people find a barrier when they need health care because of their personal circumstances or appearance. We can do better, and we'll discuss how we can do better. Stay tuned. Welcome to the Keep Calm and Defibrillate podcast. This episode is entitled Humans in Need. We've all heard a patient referred to as an addict, a drunk, a homeless street person. Others may be referred to as dirt balls or lowlifes or some other similar label. Is this bad? Are labels just an innocent shorthand referral to identify people? Are efforts to avoid calling people disparaging names just an example of political correctness? If you add a social filter to prevent you from verbalizing how you feel about people, but you still inwardly feel that way, is that sufficient? Although we'll discuss biases more in another episode, or I should say other episodes, because there's a bunch of biases that we want to discuss more at length, uh, this episode we're going to focus on negative labeling and its deleterious effects in our interactions, not only with the patients, but with each other. Think of the situation where, uh, as an RN, uh, you have another uh, person who delivers a patient to you, and and they say, good luck with this psycho, or choose whatever derogatory label you want, dirtball, loser, asshole. Uh, and, 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 And what does that do to your mindset at that moment? Uh, and if you use the same language with a physician, one, once we we label the ability or label the patient, our ability to be unbiased is eroded. Uh, the depth of our diagnostic differential is narrowed, uh, and we begin to view the patient as lesser than, uh, or even worse, we, we we view them as less than human. And, and we do the same thing when we label each other. Uh, doctors labeling doctors, RNs labeling doctors, RNs labeling uh, RNs. Uh, you know, I, that basically uh, erodes our ability to do better. Absolutely. And as you say, when someone labels that, it has a bad tribal effect on the entire department. Uh, we look at each other and we say, oh, we're all dealing with this psycho or this dirt ball," And it not only diminishes our ability to look at the person objectively and consider all the things that might be going on with them, but it also diminishes and demeans our entire team in the sense that now we are name callers, we are people that stoop to the lowest common denominator, and this can have a bad effect on our whole attitude while we're working, not just uh, with the patient, but with each other. Yeah, and, and, and you know, there, there are some other things that we, uh, we have a tendency to do. We, 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 with labeling, uh, what you call the attribution error, we, when we negatively label a patient... We sometimes can look right past a potential serious disease. Oh, this guy's just a drunk, uh, and and his altered mental status we just assume is because he's drunk, but 
this guy gets drunk every day and and his mental status isn't like this. I mean, maybe he is a drunk, but he also might have a subdural or, or be in DKA. I can't tell you the number of the times that, that I've been burned by, by making those kind of assumptions. The same thing happens with people with uh, narcotic addictions. You know, and certainly I think there's been enough written about and, and uh, enough warning that uh, somebody that is shooting up heroin comes in with back pain, you, you better think of something other than this, they're looking for a, another fix from you with Dilaudid. I mean, maybe that is the case, but they may also have uh, a bony infection in their back. Uh, we certainly have to be very careful about uh, how we frame things. And, uh, you know, the classic is is... Women, a lot of times, have very atypical uh, symptoms with ACS. I think we're doing a lot better than when you and I were uh, in our young career, and certainly there was a lot of problem with that, of women being written off as uh, with with just having weakness or some other symptom and looking past what, what should be an acute coronary syndrome. Uh, but you have to think uh, about things uh, a little bit more broadly. Absolutely. And I think it's difficult to overcome the tendency uh, to label people and to frame them. Uh, but one of the techniques that I've consciously used over the past uh, several decades uh, is basically f- coming from my religious background. Uh, the short shorthand explanation of this concept I give when I teach people is I generalize it to consider every person as a different manifestation of the deity that you believe in. Our innate humanness makes each person worthy of regard and worthy of your best effort. It helps me to sleep better, and I believe it's the foundational reason that I've never felt burned out in my career. I'm fulfilled by offering service to each and every manifestation of the divine that each patient represents to me. If you balk at spiritual and religious uh, aspects, perhaps you could consider uh, that every patient is someone's son or daughter or someone's sibling or someone once loved this person and that person deserves the respect that you would give to a family member or some other cherished person in your life. Yeah, and I can talk about that on a very personal level. I mean, I mean, we, we, we tend to really shame and demean people with mental illness. And uh, in, in my life, uh, I've seen that happen to an extent that was still just discussing this is going to be like a knife in my heart. But, you know, my son Joe was, a, was, a, was, a, um, was an incredible athlete in high school, really good-looking guy, uh, had um, a warm, friendly, outgoing personality, and everybody loved Joe. I mean, he, uh, uh, he was... Uh, Probably uh, one of the best soccer players in the state. I think he was the number two uh, vote getter for player of the year in West Virginia. He, uh, regional finals, basketball, he scored 26 points. He missed one shot when he uh, stole the ball and had a breakaway layup, and he he, uh, was trying to dunk, and he missed and got the rebound and put it back in. But otherwise, he didn't miss a single shot or a single free throw the entire game. He uh, started to get a lot in, in, in college uh, in the end of his soccer career. And as it turned out, he, he ended up having mental illness. And uh, how he was treated in the various facilities, uh, he, he was treated horribly. One time in particular, I can remember, he had shaved his head. Um, 
And he was in a psychotic episode. And he was sitting in the lotus position. And uh, as I was walking out of the emergency department where he was being seen, uh, there was an aide that was basically uh, talking about, you know, can you believe that dirt ball? Uh, used some other more profane derogatory language that I won't go into. But it was like a knife in my heart to, to hear somebody speaking that way about my son. And, and people with mental illness face that kind of judgment all the time. Uh, and, you know, I mean, really, we can do better. We can do much better than that. And remember that, as you said, everybody has got uh, a mother or father or brother or sister who loves them. And, and what's even more important is if somebody doesn't have somebody that loves them, how awful is that? And we ought to have compassion for that. Uh, a lot of these people have driven everybody away, and their lives are horrible. Absolutely. It's it's something that has been nagging at me since I started uh, in medicine that I want to try to do the same for everybody. Uh, one of the proudest responses in my career one time was when the CEO called the ED and asked to speak with a physician and I'm the one who happened to be there and picked up the phone. And the CEO told me that a member of the hospital board was coming in and make sure I treat them well. And my immediate response was that I would try to treat them as well as I treat every patient. And although that sounds kind of flippant and, and glib, it is really something I absolutely and truly believe. I think that if we treat everybody with the same respect that we're going to give to every other patient, regardless of their circumstances. And as Dave points out, sometimes even because of their circumstances. Uh, heck, the, we're the only option some of these people have. Uh, they have already driven away every other practitioner. And you uh, say, who's your family doctor? And they say, oh, I used to be uh, Dr. X, and then I was Dr. Y, and then I was Dr. Z, but they all fired me. You've got to understand that these people are very difficult to deal with and very difficult to handle. And if we are able to handle them, then perhaps we are a step above or that we are doing a better job by considering them as human and deserving of our care. Yeah, I, I, you know, I, I remember that day when you did that, because uh, I was the director at that point, <laughs> and uh, and uh, I, w I was proud of you. I was proud of our department because, in general, that was that was kind of how all of us uh, uh, tried to approach stuff. We tried to realize that we didn't have to treat any bigwig in some way different than we treated everybody else because. We tried to do our best every day with every patient we saw, and and I think that's why, you know, you know, I'm 39 years into this and and not burned out, and I think that's why, you know, our our group of guys had a very low burnout rate and had uh, real fun with each other. Uh, absolutely, uh, as I said earlier in the episode, labeling these people, demeaning them, and acting as though you don't care because they are. X, an addict, a dirtball, a lowlife, homeless, uh, that uh, they have mental health issues. Labeling them as such kind of gets into a team 
attitude that we want to avoid. The whole idea of us doing these podcasts is to try to incorporate in everybody's mind the idea that we should do better, that we should be better, that we shouldn't be demeaning, we shouldn't be condescending, and that we shouldn't be labeling these people because it makes us less as healthcare workers uh, if we do that. And again, it just is easier to go home and feel good about your day if you know that you handled a situation that other people would not have handled, that you did better than uh, some other people would have because of the fact that these are people that are difficult to deal with. Uh, Well, I I think we need to wrap up the episode a little bit. And basically, what we're trying to say very, very simply is treat people as people. Uh, Treat them as humans in need, not some label that you're giving them. Uh, Treating the lowest of whatever you consider to be the depth to which a person can reach with the dignity that you would give to any human should lengthen your career, lessen your chance for burnout, and earn the respect of those with whom you work and make the workplace better. Heck, they made Mother Teresa a saint for doing just that. Uh, Dave, I'll give you the final words in this episode since you're the one who suggested the humans in need topic. Well, I mean, I, I think you kind of wrapped it up with what you said. Let's do better. Uh, let's let's have uh, a more compassionate attitude towards uh, each other, towards patients, their families, and uh, we'll do better, better diagnostic work. We'll have better team functioning, and we'll certainly have a better day. We'll be appreciated by the community. And basically, you know, through this whole COVID thing, we have seen what the, the, the emergency workers mean to the public. If we have this attitude, I think we'll be that much more beloved. So let's do good work and, and have fun. Absolutely, and uh, we'll see you next episode. Thank you. Thank mm-hmm. you.